Okay, we are live here today with Rebecca Elizabeth Whitman, and today we're talking about her and how she helps overwork, overworked and overwhelmed women transform from burned out to balanced, beautiful, and abundant. And we're going to be talking about her seven pillars of abundance on this show today and so much more. Um, with that introduction, Elizabeth, if you could just tell us a little bit more about yourself and all, all the fun things we're going to talk about today. Absolutely. Yeah, you can call me Rebecca. Elizabeth is my middle name. So uh, yeah, I am so happy to be here, Tim. Thank you for inviting me. And I, I never thought I would be a life coach. I never thought I would be divorced. I moved to LA 22 years ago to become an actress. And I ended up having hit shows or being having a small part on hit shows like Friends, CSI, and 24. And oh, I yeah, I stumbled into the personal growth arena just because I had a lot of free time. And I studied the law of attraction with great teachers like Michael Beckwith, Abraham Hicks, Wayne Dyer, Louise Hay. And I was able to create six figures working part time in the kids acting school business. And the one area of my life that I just couldn't figure out was my love life. And I remember being 39 years old going, oh, my God, if I don't get married now, I'm not going to be able to have kids. So I married someone that was not a good fit. And three years later, we were divorced. And as my divorce was proceeding painfully, my dad was dying in a nursing home. Mm. And one of our last conversations, he said, Rebecca, I want you to write something. And I had no idea what I was going to write. And a few months later. My dad had died. My divorce had been finalized. I'm sitting in my financial planner's office and he's like, you're having your best financial year ever, yet you lost your marriage and your father this year. I think you should write a book and empower people to learn what you did. And that's where the book, How to Make a Six-Figure Income Working Part-Time, was that book that I wrote to honor my dad. And in the book is where I describe my seven pillars of abundance. And Thanks to my seven pillars of abundance, I have now married my soulmate and we've been married a year and a half. And it's it's a totally different style of relationship than I had in my first marriage. So it's uh, kind of uh, the proof is in the pudding. You wrote the uh, seven pillars. You followed it, I imagine. And uh, that worked out for you. It did. It really did. Now, were you saying just before we turned on the camera that 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 is now a course people can take? It is. I reverse engineered. How did I go from divorce, cynical and jaded to being magically passionately in love with my soulmate? And I realized that there were seven simple steps that I did. And so I now have a course called how to manifest your soulmate in midlife. Makes sense. You know, the, when you reached out to me to do this podcast, I was, I was very interested just because I, I think uh, my listeners get tired of me talking about divorce all the time and yeah. uh, life coaches, marriage coaches, and uh, those sorts of folks, uh, I, I want to get in front of my listeners because there's a lot of, maybe we can save a few marriages, number one, or people that, um, what I've been learning is that people go through, to get divorced, and then end up marrying the same type of person with the same types of problems. And your information, since we do so many divorce cases here in California, you know, maybe it'll help them in their next relationship. Absolutely. You know, unless you really do some deep inner work with a therapist or a coach, that is normal. I used to pick the same type of guy over and over and over again. I used to joke that it was I, I had a Rebecca classic that I would just keep going for the same guy over and over again. 
And I had to really look at my patterns and what was serving and not serving me to, to create a new dynamic and a relationship and the type of person that I was attracted to. Gotcha. Um, can you talk, so I know you reverse engineered the book into a course can, and that course uh, I'm assuming goes over those seven pillars. How do you want to, uh, address these in this conversation? Yeah, I, I, I don't mind sharing the seven, the, the seven pillars are how to, you know, manifest a life of balance, beauty, and abundance, but this, the seven steps to manifesting your soulmate in midlife I'm happy to discuss either one. Do you want to start with the how to manifest your soulmate or the seven pillars of abundance? Wherever you think is more appropriate. I'm good either way. Okay, let's let's talk about the soulmate since uh, this is a podcast about people recovering from divorce. So uh, the first step is to process and release your past, which is what I was just explaining. Uh, unless we are willing to really look at our patterns and see what we're doing in relationship and what type of person we are attracted to, we won't be able to change it. So there's the three A's of change, awareness, acceptance, and action. First, we need to be aware of our patterns, then accept them without any self-recrimination. And then thirdly, take action for a new way of being. So that is the first step. The second one is radical self-acceptance. And I like to call this one, you are your own Valentine. You don't need, you know, a lover, a spouse, a boyfriend, girlfriend, anything to be your own Valentine. You get to accept that everything that you went through in your divorce, everything that you've learned from all your relationships has brought you to exactly the point where you are today and you're exactly where you're supposed to be. And it's a great thing. It's a great thing that you learn these very powerful spiritual lessons that you could not have learned any other way but to get this divorce. So the second pillar is radical self-acceptance. And in the also in the second pillar, you want to change your story. You want to stop saying, oh, all the good guys are already taken or I'm unlucky in love. That's only going to create more of the same. The third step is masculine and feminine energy and the relationship. And that is really important because it's a dance between the two polarities. Masculine energy wants to compete, control and conquer. Feminine energy is more receptive, available and respecting. And I'm not talking about in the workforce. I believe that should be equal pay for equal work. I'm a huge feminist and as far as uh, socioeconomic. But as far as romance, it's good to know who is leading the dance and who is following the dance. Because if nobody's leading and nobody's following, it's confusing and it becomes a slam dance. Uh, and feel free to jump in if you have any questions about any of these pillars of uh, romance. The fourth one is decide where to fish. Do you want to fish online? Do you want to meet people in person? Do you want your friends to fix you up? Decide how you want to meet your next person. The next one is first date etiquette. Everybody is addicted and obsessed with their phones. One of the things I would tell your listeners, no, no matter what, do not touch your phone, even if you're showing them a picture of your dog or your kid, because as luck would have it, right at the same time you're showing them a picture of your dog, you'll get like a message from Tinder or Bumble going, <laughs> you know, so-and-so matched you. And it's like, 
way to take the romance out of a date, right? To to have like a, a message from Bumble or Tinder while you're trying to get to know someone. So don't touch your phone on the first date. And I have many other first date etiquette tools that we won't, we don't have time to go into. Sure. Uh, the sixth one is dating life. And that is stay in your zone. If you chose feminine, do not initiate calls or texts. I know that's really an old fashioned and controversial, but this is mm. what worked for me. And if you're a masculine, go after it, like set up calls and dates. One of the best things that my current husband did during our courtship is at the end of every date, he had the next date set up. And for me, who is, you know, anxious attached, if you've studied attachment theory, so I have like abandonment issues, he always had the next date set up. So I always knew when I would see him again. So he was definitely in the masculine steering the relationship the whole time. Uh, and then finally, the seventh pillar, or the seventh step, I say it's called close the deal. And that means negotiating an exclusive monogamous committed relationship before you have sex. Again, this is controversial and old fashioned, but how many times have we just fell into bed with someone thinking that they were the right person for us or thinking that we had a relationship, but it was not a good fit, but we started having sex with them. So we just fell into a relationship or a lot of women like myself, uh, they have sex thinking that that person that is the man's going to be their boyfriend and then they never hear from him again and it's devastating. Mm. So I recommend negotiating all of that before you have sex. The um, So thanks for explaining those seven pillars. On, on yeah. The first one, one of the words that came up was awareness. How How are folks that are in this scenario, maybe they got divorced and they're getting back into the dating scene, how is one without a course or a book able to have this self-awareness and work through these issues if they're not aware that something like this is to, there to kind of put them through it so they can they can work through these issues? Well, if you can't afford a coach or a therapist, I would say to join Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous, SLAA. You can go to SLAA.org. And in Sex and Love Addicts Anonymous, you will get a lot of tools for becoming more aware about your patterns. And one of the steps, the fourth step is you uh, write down a lot of uh, thought provoking questions. And these questions are going to really make you do a deep dive into your patterns. So you're aware not to make the same choices again. Gotcha. How are people finding you generally? Are they, I know you have a podcast, you have the, you have, I think three uh, published books. Um, are, what is the, are, you, are you offering a private coaching as well? I, I believe as well, correct? Yes, I do private coaching. I do group coaching. People find me uh, through podcasts. They find me uh, because I'm on a lot of summits and, I also just opened up my coaching to the world because so many people wanted to experience my coaching. And I have a free weekly women's circle on Tuesdays at 12 Pacific, 3 Eastern. And uh, I have a link tree that I can share with your listeners and you can reserve a spot in the women's circle. You get uh, free coaching with me, accountability and support. This is like a mastermind that's worth 10 or $20,000 a year, but I just really wanted to open up my coaching so I could fulfill my mission of empowering more women. 
And uh, yeah, so if you guys want to experience my coaching, you can jump in any Tuesday and get some free coaching from me. I also offer breakthrough calls where I'm committed to helping someone get unstuck in an area of their life. And uh, the first breakthrough call is complimentary. And that is also in the link tree that I'll be sharing with your audience. Okay, perfect. Yeah. That's Tuesdays, you said. Yes, Tuesdays at noon, I do a women's circle, noon Pacific, three Eastern. But there's people from all over the world that jump in. So yeah, oh, people, cool. people stay up all night just to do it because it's so valuable. It's like a kind of a, a how does that work? Are you talking, answering people's uh, questions or you're bringing up spe uh, specific topics each Tuesday? Um, I'm more just offering accountability and coaching in the moment and uh helping people wherever they need support. Gotcha. I was just looking at your, uh, your pod match, uh, some of your questions and just, just out of curiosity says, what is an elegant warrior? Can you explain that? Yeah. So I have a seven week training called elegant warrior training. And I chose the name elegant warrior because I teach women to be a warrior, to be resilient, to, go after their goals and dreams to be unapologetically authentic, but at the same time, elegant. So I don't want them to push themselves, exhaust themselves, be abrasive and going after what they want. I want them to be in their feminine energy, which is very elegant and refined. And when they have alignment in these seven pillars, they learn to magnetize. I actually call myself the magnetic abundance mentor because they learn how to magnetize opportunities in all seven areas of life to them. So they don't have to push their energy and do the masculine paradigm of hustle, grind, work, 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 work. They can find their alignment in life, have balance and have things come to them. The, uh, the folks that go through your, your program, are they, I wouldn't imagine they've all been divorced, but have they been essentially through bad relationships? Like what the folks coming in, where, where are they on that, on that uh, scale? I think most people, if you've made it to age 35 have been through a bad relationship or two or three or four or five or six or seven, if you're like me. Um, so yes, uh, most of them have had heartbreak. Most of them have had uh divorce, to be honest, uh, and they are looking for resilience and rebirth, and they want to become their best self post heartbreak. And I definitely can help them with that. So the majority of it is post uh, heartbreak, if you will, is is there anything that you offer that is, is if they're in a bad relationship, or they're trying to make it better? Absolutely. Um, I help people leave toxic relationships. I have had several clients that were in abusive relationships and didn't have the strength or the knowledge or even feel safe to leave. And I help them exit toxic relationships. And also I help uh, marriages. I have saved a few marriages and that is such a, you know, fulfilling feeling when, when I can help save a marriage. And yes, I have done that as well. And 
Yeah. So wherever you are, either, you know, post-divorce looking to manifest your soulmate, maybe you're not, maybe you're like I was when I was divorced, I was like, so done. I was like, I just want to be around good energy, whether it's friends, family, dogs, I'm a huge dog person. I just need a break. So wherever you are in the spectrum, wanting to save a marriage, wanting to get out, needing a break, wanting to recreate a, a marriage, another marriage, I can help you. Of the, your your seven pillars or, or your, your your course or your book, what, what are the greatest obstacles you're finding your clients um, going through and in, in getting through this process? Because I've been married for 28 years, not a woman, obviously, but um, I couldn't imagine, I think it would be daunting to try and get back out there after that amount of time with one person to, so I'm sure it's equally daunting for women as well. It is. Congratulations on your 28 years of marriage. That's amazing. Uh, that's quite an accomplishment. Uh, it is very daunting and people who were married a long time, things have changed. You know, the dating culture is a lot more about quote unquote, hanging out and casual sex. And it's a, it's a different world. Everything's like apps and swiping. Uh, but because I have been on at least five dating apps, <laughs> maybe more, um, I can help teach that to women. It's, it's really easy. Um, if you know what you want, you tell people what you want. You tell them what your dating purpose is. If your dating purpose is just casual sex, then that's easy. That's, that's where the most of the culture is right now. But if you're mm -hmm. really clear about wanting a life partner or even a spouse, tell people that. And a lot of people will go running for the hills. And that's a good thing because you don't have a finding problem. You have a sorting problem. There's so many people on these apps and in this world that are single. And how are you going to sort through them and find the person for you? So if you say, I want marriage and kids and the person disappears, then good. That's, that's not your guy or your woman. I find it fascinating that the statistic is in this current culture and time that casual sex is what dating is all about these days? Maybe in the big cities, uh, probably not in the Midwest, but I know in LA and New York, when I was on the dating apps, again, this is not a statistic. I just have my own personal experience. Sure. I found that the culture was very like, let's hang out, let's have sex. There wasn't, and there's even been like, it's called hangout culture. Um, there's been articles and like different magazines about how Tinder has like ruined dating <laughs> because it's so easy for people just to hook up that a lot of people uh, do not want to go through the old fashioned like courtship and getting to know someone when there's so many people that are willing to have casual sex. No, those wouldn't appear to be good husband quality um, characteristics, I, I wouldn't imagine. They're not. So if somebody just wants to have casual sex and you want a spouse, then thank them like, oh, OK, I'm so glad you revealed this to me. So I didn't waste a lot of time with you. And like we just want different things and there's nothing right or wrong with what you want and wish them the best in their search and then find someone because there still are a lot of people who want marriage and, and who want kids. And if you're already uh, past the kids age, there's still a lot of people who want life partners. I mean, humans are a monogamous species. So even though the culture of Tinder and the dating apps have made 
a lot of uh, casual sex, like more prevalent, I still think our biology is to find and mate with one person for a long time. How do your clients that, uh, or people that have gone through your course feel about when they realize, like, I'm kind of shocked to be fair with you, uh, but what, when you tell them that that's been your experience and that's what maybe they can expect to see after maybe they've been in a, a longer relationship, what is, what is their reaction to that, to hearing that? Well, they're shocked. Yeah. It's like, wow, I'm surprised that so many, especially, you know, women are having casual sex. uh, But that's kind of like what the society has pressured them to be. I mean, everything uh, from the music videos to the ads to the Kardashians, everything is so hypersexualized right now. Uh, I really feel like the pornography industry has like (laughs) infiltrated mainstream culture and that's that's what's happening right now in pop culture. Now, if you're like, you know, in a church or a temple or in a in a religious community, then it's not the same thing. I'm just talking about mainstream culture. Uh, it's it is it is a hookup culture. And the women that are in long term relationships that get out into this, they need someone like me to tell them, OK, look, this is this is what, you know, the guys are going to want and ask for. And you get to say no and, you know, wait for the person who wants the relationship. Yeah, I, again, it must be uh, uh, shocking. I didn't know that that's what the dating apps were all about. And it just would seem I guess you just have to get used to it. It'd be awkward to. Let's see if I jump on a dating app and then how, what does that look like if someone's watching this and they're like, okay, what's going to be like when I get on this dating app, what does that conversation look like via Tinder or one of these other dating apps where you're essentially setting up a date for sex versus really trying to get to know somebody? It's very obvious because right away before even saying like, hi, how are you? Where are you from? Where'd you go to school? They're like, so what position do you like? And, you know, you know, tell me about, you know, what it's going to be like the first time we have sex. Like, it's very obvious by the tone of the messages that that's what they want. So if that's the way they're coming across, then you just know, hey, you know, I don't think we're a good fit. Best of luck in your search. And then and then you get rid of uh, you delete that person from your inbox. But it's very obvious when somebody is leading with sex versus leading with wanting a relationship. Are these folks, I mean, you know, I think, you know, when you're on a computer or on an app, you say things you maybe wouldn't say traditionally in person. Are, are these people that way in, in reality? Or are they just feeling the ability to have these communications because it's, you know, what do they call you when, you, when you're like a, a keyboard bully? Like you can say whatever you want or say it a, you know, a certain way. Is it how these people are in person? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, again, this is just my experience. I've been on at least five dating sites. Um, Yeah. I mean, they're empowered. Some people are, you know, more direct and more flirtatious on the apps than they are in person. But the expectation of having intimacy outside of a committed relationship is there in person. So it's, you know, that's what's happening. And uh, there's still a ton of people who are finding marriage. I have been to so many weddings of 
dear friends who have met their soulmate and spouse in midlife. So it is still possible and probable if you find the right coach or the right system or the right way to sort through this uh, kind of uh, hookup culture. But yeah, this is this is in my experience and in my friend's experience, at least in the big cities, um, what is happening. Interesting. I My first reaction is that I think that's kind of sad. And I think I think of like my daughter, she's 26 and in a, in a two year now dating relationship and living together. So that kind of scares me. I don't know if that transcends to the younger kids as well. I imagine it would, um, you know, outside of their friend group or who they went to college with and so forth, that that's what they would have to deal with in an already culture of growing up um, in the digital age with cell phones and apps and all that, that probably you and I didn't experience until, you know, our twenties or, or later in life. Um, so, I mean, those social pressures must be equally immense for, for them in the, in this dating environment. So your, your client base must run the gamut from younger folks to people in super long-term, uh, relationships. Yeah. I haven't worked with like a lot of teens and people in their 20s. Uh, most of the women that have hired me are, I think the youngest was 29. And they really want to like get their life situated. They want to have, uh, you know, multiple income streams and they want to have the long term monogamous relationship. But yeah, I think high school is hard enough. College is hard enough. But having the pressure of of this hookup culture and everything's on social. So that just makes everything yeah. more amplified. Like when you have breakups, when you see your, you know, person you like with another person, it's on your, on the social in your face. So that I think is really affecting young people. And, you know, my heart goes out to them. Yeah, for sure. How did you intertwine your, the book you showed earlier, the, about the side hustle in with um, life coaching and, and other programs that you offer? Well, this book was literally how people think it's like a get rich quick scheme. I called it how to make a six figure income working part time because it, it was literally how I had been living my life to make six figures working part time, which I've been doing now for almost 20 years. So the book is about having harmony and seven key areas of life. One of the key areas is romance. So I have tips, tools, and strategies for getting all these seven key areas of life, which I call my seven pillars of abundance, to a level 10. So Elegant Warrior Training is a seven-week training where each week we do a deep dive into one of the pillars and we and I teach mm -hmm. how to get that area to a level 10. And that's different from, is that a course offered through that same book or that's a different course than what we were talking about uh, previous? Elegant Warrior Training is based on this book. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Seven pillars of abundance in seven weeks. So, and then I have two other courses. I have the one that I discussed, how to manifest your soulmate in midlife. And then I have another course called create your six figure side hustle. And those are my three main courses. And I also work with women one-on-one -on -one, and I'm uh, leading an international retreat with a yoga instructor in India in January, which I'm so excited about. So yeah, those are different ways to work with me. 
Yeah, you have a lot going on. How did that all fall into place simultaneously, or has this been over a period of time that you've got all of these different uh, uh, courses and and help flows set up? Yeah, I have been studying being a coach. I've invested a lot of money in different coaches and learned, you know, all different platforms and ways to share my message. And it definitely evolved over the last several years. I would say that it all started in. 2020, where I was put on furlough. I've, I've been working at a kid's acting school as a director of admissions for a long time. And I was put on furlough. And I didn't know if I would ever go back to being the you know director of admissions in person. So I'm like, I better create a coaching program and launch a podcast and do all this stuff. And then the furlough ended. And I'm still working at the kid's acting school and, and doing all this stuff. So I do have a lot going on. But I love all of yeah. it. And it's all really fun for me. Tell me more about your uh, your own podcast that you have. What what uh, topics are? I'm sure these are the topics that you are discussing. Are you interviewing folks? Are you just covering a topic of your of your own choosing each week or day? What what's going on with your podcast? Yeah, I usually interview experts that can speak into one of the seven pillars. So I'll, I'll interview an expert on fitness or an expert on entrepreneurship, an expert on romance, you know, one of the seven pillars. Uh, and we, we do a deep dive with that expert. And again, I'm all about practical. So they give you tips, tools, and strategies. Um, a couple of times I've, I've flown solo and just did a 20 or 30 minute uh, podcast by myself, but I love interviewing people. And the mission yeah. of the podcast is the same mission as my coaching. It's to take people who are busy and overwhelmed and helping them go from burned out to balanced, beautiful, and abundant. And that's why I call it the Balanced, Beautiful, and Abundant Podcast. Makes sense. You know, I mentioned earlier when we first started that you had a lot of accolades behind you aside from the courses and, and publishing books and bestseller and all that good stuff. How did you find yourself um, being seen or, or, uh, featured on like CBS and the New York weekly and ABC and these other outlets. Well, when I first started, I did have a publicist help me kind of get some momentum and she helped me, uh, get the appearances on ABC and CBS. And then I started working on my social media really diligently, like every single day. And I studied digital marketing and I've taken branding courses. And because of my social media presence, I've had people come to me. So the award of Life Coach of the Year, Empowered Woman of the Year, uh, just a couple of days ago since we uh, connected I got the top seven entrepreneurs to watch in LA for 2023. And these opportunities have come to me through my social, through my podcast, through people recommending me. But it's really about just putting your voice out there. And many, many times I have done a Facebook Live or a podcast or done a story or a reel. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. I have like zero or two viewers or nobody's liking my stuff. And I was like, you know what? Yeah. I'm just going to keep going. I'm just going to keep putting out content because it's my mission. And I was so surprised when it reverberated back and I got these accolades, like shocked because I felt like I was like putting out content in a, in a dark tunnel where nobody was yeah. seeing watching me about seeing myself on the computer. And it's, it's really surprising and exciting when you put out content and people feel it. 
No, that's great. I think we all feel the same way in the social media spaces from a business perspective. You just, and you probably put out tons of content. You know, I put out tons of content and, you know, some, some will hit some, you know, most don't. So yeah. it's just, uh, you just got to kind of stick, stick in there and, and just keep putting it out because the way I stay motivated and, and, and you tell me how you do it, but I figure if I can help just one person with that piece of content or one person, it impacts one person in a positive way, then that, that piece of content uh, was, was worth the effort. Absolutely. If one person hears it, it's worth it. And I don't know because the social media stays on forever. So it could be someone that hears it 10 or 20 years from now. Like, I don't know who that one person's going to be. And even if it doesn't land with that one person, I get to remember it. Like I get to look back on my social media and going, Oh, okay. So that's where I was at like five years ago. Okay. Mm -hmm. And I get to kind of like demarcate my timeline of personal growth. So yeah, I would tell your listeners that are branding themselves, just keep putting out content and only good can come from it. Yep. Sounds good. Before we end off, is there anything that I should have asked you or that you wanted to get out there um, before we end off, and then if you could just tell us the best way to get a hold of you, I've had your name streaming across the entire time, so I'm sure yeah. people know who you are, but maybe your website and all that good stuff. Yeah, thank you so much, Tim. I've really enjoyed this interview. You've asked some incredible questions. So, how to find me is you can go to my website, RebeccaElizabethWhitman.com. Uh, Tim's going to share my link tree. On my link tree, I will have all the cool stuff we've been talking about. The the weekly women's circle invitation. You can schedule a breakthrough call. I have lots of other fun stuff on the link tree. I host a lot of uh, summits and virtual retreats that you can jump into and get a free VIP guest pass through that. Um, you can also find me on Instagram at Rebecca E. Whitman, Twitter and Clubhouse at Rebecca E. Whitman. And my final message that I would say, and this is what I needed to hear, is stop taking yourself so seriously. Everybody gets their heart broken. Not everybody has a long-term marriage that's 30 or 40 or 50 years. And that's okay. In fact, about half, one out of every two people get a divorce. And you know what? That's, that's okay. It is painful. You will get to the other side. And on the other side of it is so much joy. I feel like they should have divorce receptions where you hire a band, a caterer, and have a party. Because when you are coming out of a marriage that no longer served you, that is a celebration. And that is a rite of passage too. to have the courage and strength to leave something that no longer supports you should be celebrated. So I celebrate your listeners, whether you're going through a divorce or whether you're in a marriage or out of a marriage, just everything is exactly where it's supposed to be. Find the joy where you are. And don't take it all so seriously because we're all going out the same way. So we might as well have fun while we're here. Very good advice, Rebecca. Thanks so much for coming on. Uh, we'll definitely, we'll get all those links into the show notes and get that all out there. And like we said in the beginning, hopefully we can help a few folks. Uh, and if not, like you said, it's you're, you're right where you need to be. Uh, and, and you only live life once. And you probably shouldn't be in a relationship that, uh, like you said, is not uh, serving you well. Um Hang out for just a second as I end off so we can get these downloads done and uh, and we'll and we'll talk soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right.